Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who has really found a passion in talking to people about the things that they love. Long story short, September of 21, I was involved in my first podcast episode. Come August of 2023, the count is now well over 200 episodes. And I couldn't think of what life would be like without the people that I've met along the way. And I'm the girl who's just a a whole lot of mess this week. So, yay. I'm glad that you were counted your stuff, though. That's really cool. I've only... Actually, I don't know, because I have guested on a few shows. You definitely, as the extrovert, get out there way more than me. Intensely wink. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. And it's like, and yeah, part of that is that I've been doing cyberpunk for nine months now. So that's like kind of the twice a week thing. But then I'm on Mass Effect, Witcher, Dragon Age, Holocron, Debate This, uh, MCU. I feel like there's more. I totaled it up and it's, oh, cyberpunked. Yeah, I'm a total pod slut. But I love it. And I'm a serial monogamist pod lover. <laughs> uh-uh. You've been on Dragon Age, so you have a side chick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a little wild streak there. You fell in love with Dragon Age before you fell in love with me. Does that make me your side piece or Dragon Age? No, you're my true love. Okay. That's why I stay with you. Aw, yay. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're new here... Welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two or more characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler-free, then this is not the podcast for you. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. Another one of those amazing friends, a part of both my podcast journey and my life. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume that you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question, but we will be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. Yes, (laughs) like me. (laughs) Today, we're going to a galaxy far, far away to a game that came out a long, long time ago. We're finally going to discuss the game that was the foundation for many gamers' first experiences with video game romance, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, otherwise known as KOTOR. This game came out on July 15th, 2003, when I was still a little baby in junior high, so I never played it. 
I have since become a Star Wars fan, but growing up, we were mainly a Star Trek household. However, I still never played this game. But I have done the research, so I think I understand enough to talk about today's character. Maybe not enough to understand why someone romances him, but we'll get to that. Today, we are going to be analyzing Karth Onasi. Is that how you say it? Onasi? I don't know how to say this. Onasi? Yeah, it's Onasi. Oh, nasty. Oh, nasty. (laughs) Nasty boy. (laughs) Okay, no, no Janet Jackson. Anyways, before I tangent even further... And if you want an even more comprehensive breakdown of all things Star Wars, including a two-part episode on today's player character, please listen to the Holocron Histories podcast. It's hosted by former guests Teacup and Ben of Tamaria. And early Patreon episodes feature yours truly because hashtag podslut. You'll also hear a lot of other familiar voices, including Toasty and Psych88. We all get around. Listen, sister, just because we're working together doesn't mean you get to go badger me with constant questions. If you probably can't tell from that clip, Karth is a bit rough around the edges, both emotionally and graphically. This game is really old and it hurts my eyes. (laughs) He is a human soldier and an expert pilot who served in the Republic Naval Starfighter Corps and served in the Mandalorian Wars, where he was decorated with several honors and awards for his bravery. He got married to someone named Morgana, and they had a son named Dustil. Don't worry about remembering Morgana. She dies, and even her own husband can't remember her all that much. But we'll get to that. During the war, Karth served under Admiral Saul Karath, and the two became very close in the mentor-mentee sort of way. Once the war ended, Karth wanted to leave the Navy and go back to his family. Instead, the former Jedi-turned-Sith Malak decided to cause some mayhem with an as-yet-unannounced partner in crime. Mm, Yes, good mayhem. Malak created a Sith Empire to oppose the Republic. I think I've heard this before. And in the process of creating the Empire, he ordered Saul to destroy Telos, Karth's homeworld. If I have a question inflection, it's because I have no idea how to actually pronounce it. I only read all this shit. So sorry. In advance. Anyway, so he wants him to destroy Karth's home planet in a test of allegiance to the Sith. And Saul bombed the shit out of it and rendered it uninhabitable. Morgana was killed. She, in fact, died in Karth's arms. But Dustal, Karth's son, was abducted by the Sith because he was Force-sensitive. And, you know, they want to make more dark side Jedi. So in a tale as old as time, Karth swore to avenge his wife and the destruction of his home planet, holding that grudge tight. Much tighter than the memories of his wife's face. Yeah. I told you my wife died four years ago. I, I, I've just been trying to remember what she looked like. It shouldn't be so difficult. I, I can remember things about her, things she did, the way she smiled, what her hair smelled like. Our last fight, just not her face. I try and hold it in my head, but it, it, it's gone. Now, is that strange? Maybe I shouldn't be talking to you about this. I don't think that they were going for this. But prosopagnosia, also known as face blindness or facial agnosia, 
is a neurological disorder characterized by the inability to recognize faces. The term comes from the Greek words of face and lack of knowledge. So it's possible that Karth legitimately can't recall her face. Or it could be part of painful memories that his brain fades so he doesn't have to think about them. Karth is traumatized, as one is from the events of war and bloodshed, and he decided to never trust anyone again in order to never feel the sting of betrayal again. Because that works, right? He also vowed to kill Saul for his betrayal and the destruction of his planet. Eventually, Karth was stationed aboard the Endar Spire as an advisor and companion to the Jedi Bastila. But as it do, the ship was attacked and boarded by the Sith, and the ragtag Republic forces had to abandon ship. This is how Karth and your player character in KOTOR first meet. Big spoiler here. You are Revan. There is a lot of history and lore around Revan and what they do before the game and after. Sorry for ruining the big reveal, but you were warned. And, well, it would make this episode difficult if we don't call the character by a name. Also, since you can choose between female or male Revan and the romances are gender locked, we will be using she, her pronouns for this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you can spoil a game that's 21 years old, almost. <laughs> but anyway, Karth and Revan take the last escape pod and crash land on the planet below. Lucky for them, there was a planet right there. Revan was knocked out, though, for a while, and Karth had to look after her. But when Revan was ready, the two went looking for Bastila. Bastila is kind of important because, to quote Orange is the New Black, powerful Jedi have always been like the Loch Ness Monster. Much talked about, but hardly seen. There is some random RPG wandering, story progression, etc. But what we're here to talk about is Karth and his romance. Speaking of that, you must be a female Revan to romance Karth. But good luck getting any info out of him when you talk to him. He starts off really great at keeping his promise to himself of never trusting anyone again, and he does that by absolutely refusing to answer any personal questions. He often gets annoyed at Revan if she asks, and at some point, he can say this to you. And when I heard this clip, I just knew in my heart that it had to be in this episode. She messaged me and was like, so I assume you want me to work this line in somewhere, right? Damn it, woman, if you keep hounding me, I'm going to put you over my knee and teach you a lesson. <laughs> yes, please, daddy. What? He's literally a dad. I'm allowed to say that. So Revan and Karth rescue Bastila and collect some more companions to add to the cast of characters. None of them romanceable, sadly. The group finally gets off the planet they crash-landed on through an elaborate heist-style plan. I love to see it. Then, Karth starts to pilot their newly stolen ship, the Ebon Hawk, and they head to the Jedi Enclave on the planet Dantooine, not to be confused with Tatooine. Very different. Bastila uses her spidey Jedi senses and says, Hey, Revan! You're Force-sensitive. We should tap that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, tap 
into that. Of course, she can't possibly know at this point that Revan was once a great Jedi, but we'll get to that. Karth, meanwhile, is bummed that he isn't cosmically special and feels left out of the loop. One of Karth's tropes is the knight in sour armor. If you haven't gathered by now, he is rarely anything other than bitter and sarcastic. But he also has one of the highest light side ratings in the party. Mm-hmm. He is pretty straight edge. Very loyal to the Republic. And he's also obliviously superpowered. For a guy with just some blasters in a galaxy full of Jedi and lightsabers, he gets by pretty well. He's also your pilot for the new ship. It does it sound like we're describing another Star Wars character? Personally, I like to think of Karth as the Wish version of Han Solo, but it wouldn't be a Star Wars story without some story and character element borrowing, would it? Between KOTOR and the original trilogy, we got the story starting with a spaceship under attack, some apparent damsel in distress, the object of the bad guy's search. The good guys get stranded on a shitty planet and need to find the damsel. Seedy cantinas and underworld bosses, bad guys destroy a planet. Lots of Jedi training montages. You get the picture. Oh, hey, if it ain't broke, right? (laughs) Speaking of Jedi training montages, Revan quickly becomes a Padawan, and Bastila trains her. Revan is a quick study for, uh reasons and the jedi council gives bastila and revan a new task discover the location of the star forge karth bitches about this too feeling like he can do more good on the front lines with his blasters but someone has to drive the ship right the journey to the star forge is actually a chunk of the game with the ebon hawk traveling to tatooine Kashyyyk, Manan, and Korban. Revan continues to badger Karth, and eventually the guy slowly starts to open up, despite his earlier intentions of never trusting again. Hmm, I wonder where the inspiration for Jacob Taylor came from. I will say one thing, however. We've come a long way with your help, whether it's the Force or fate or just dumb luck. I'm I'm glad you're here. We probably would never have made it this far without you. I I should have said this long before instead of doubting you, but I I hope you can forgive me. Yes, yes. Beg for my forgiveness. Anyway, he's still suspicious, though. And Karth begins to wonder why the Jedi Council would send such a green Padawan along with Bastila on such an important quest, let alone having Revan, like, lead it. Turns out Bastila and Revan have a force bond? Not really sure what that means, but that wasn't good enough for Karth. Constant vigilance. Of course, he doesn't yet know the big secret. And then, of course, the group was snatched up by Saul, and Karth is unable to exact his revenge at first because Saul tortures them for information. Don't worry, the group escapes, eventually, and then Karth finally does have his chance at revenge. Now, before we may or may not let the hate flow through us, let's take a quick mid-break to hear some fun facts, listen to the sponsors of the show, and thank our lovely patrons. (laughs) 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ooh, and I have a big announcement to make in the mid-show. So, pay attention. Let's see. Ooh, what type of mid-break dance do we want to do? We're in Star Wars. Oh, cantina dance, obviously. That looks like something else without you <laughs> holding. If it's double-fisted this fucking long, then there's a big deal. There's aliens. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Man. I was cantina dancing with a bassoon. I don't know where V's brain was. I think we swapped brains for a second. <laughs> yeah, we did. But it's okay. I like it. You can stay in my brain. Burrow in there. You will get that joke in a few weeks once you're finally able to play Baldur's Gate. Mm. Um, okay. So, fun facts. Hearth is voiced by the one and only Raphael Sabarge, who is Caden Alenko in the Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, I think it was pretty freaking obvious. The first time that I heard Karth's voice, I was like, oh my god, Caden. Hi. Hi. I was happy. But, you know, they really, they have a lot in common, but a lot also not in common. Fun other fact is Karth was originally voiced by Mark Mir in an early demo of the game. So, you know, Bioware, they just got their favorites. Wait till we tell you, if you don't already know, who voices the other two romance options in this game. You know about Bastila, but do you know about Juhani? Because you'll be very excited to find out who voices Juhani. Well, I have not Jen. looked into Juhani yet. It's Courtney Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> okay hi um this yeah this should be very very interesting for sure Mm, okay karth's nickname is fleet f-l-e-e-t where does he get this from why is he part of the fleet in flotilla (laughs) i mean it can't be because he's in the navy because that would make just all of them have the nickname fleet i don't really get it i mean so Karth also has like a shit ton of comics and other media about his background. And I think that nickname came out from one of those background stories, but we're just talking about the game. So I honestly have no idea. Okay. That makes sense. Maybe Ben can, Ben knows the answer to that. Ben, where does he get the nickname Fleet? All right. Now, Spotify. We are currently sitting at 139 ratings. I would love to see that bump up to 150. So let's get there. Pretty please. I also want to talk about a new Spotify feature. This is really freaking cool. And it's already set up and it is live. So hopefully some of our patrons can let me know if it's working properly. Now, Spotify and Patreon have decided to team up and make listening to ad-free versions of the show, Patreon-exclusive versions, uh, so much easier. 
Initially, what you have to do is uh, prior to this update, you would have to log on to Patreon, download an RSS feed, put that RSS feed into your podcasting app, and then that podcasting app would then pull the the episodes directly from Patreon, which is annoying. And sometimes RSS feeds can break, and therefore you don't have access to all the information anymore. They fixed that, and it's amazing. All you have to do now is go on to your app, your Spotify app on your phone, and link your Spotify account to your Patreon account. And that is going to allow you to unlock a secondary feed and where now you get all of our Patreon-exclusive content in Spotify. No more dealing with RSS feeds. No more waiting for it to hit Spotify like a normal episode when they come out. And you still get the ad-free versions of it in Spotify. So, hell yeah, good job. Now, if you would like the early access and ad-free versions of the show, you can actually get them as little as a dollar a month. That's a quarter per episode, which I think we're worth that at the very least, if not more. Patreon dot com slash two girls one ship you unfortunately cannot search for it you can't just go to patreon and try and look us up you have to type out the entirety of the full thing and that's the only way to get to our page because we create content for adults and therefore can't be searched on patreon but on spotify you'll be able to easily link it and then of course any other shows that are doing this as well I linked uh, the Cyberpunk Lorecast to its Patreon people, so they are also getting access to the blooper reels and early access to the shows on in the app now. And I think a lot of the other uh, robot shows, at least, will be doing this as well. So, huge shout out and major thank you to those of you already supporting us on Patreon, including Toasty and Becky, Bat Knight. Mystheos, Muffiny Cake, Apollo, and anybody else whose Patreon is currently jacked up. <laughs> we love and appreciate you all oh so very, very much. Big hearts, major loves. <laughs> oh, thanks. Como are you? Gracias. Merci beaucoup. I'm trying to think of all the languages I know how to say thank you in. Shukran. I think that's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. One more. Okay. <laughs> Jen, let's get back to our sweet, sweet revenge on Saul for killing our boy's wife. Where were we letting the hate flow through us? Getting revenge, that was right. Yes. Yes. Mm. Let the hate flow through. And that's the biggest reason that I'm Sith. This girl needs the full range of emotions from love to hate to horny to happy and everything in between. Let the Sith flow through you. Now, Revan can tell Karth to not let the hate flow through him. But either way, Saul is mortally wounded. And oops. Karth mentions that he sees Saul's face every night before he goes to sleep. 
So uh, I guess my theory on face blindness is wrong. But in Saul's final moments, he reveals that Revan herself used to be a dark lord of the Sith. Wow, what an earth-shattering revelation about the good guy's previously unknown relationship to the bad guy? We haven't seen that before. Also, how convenient that Revan has amnesia. Except Revan is a completely different person now because the Jedi reprogrammed her. She is who she has become due to your choices in the game. And Kart sees that, if a bit reluctantly. He has a hard time letting go of his anger because it's protected him from worse feelings, from his sadness and his losses. And he promises to watch Revan for any signs of return to the dark side and that he would save Revan from herself if need be. Karth holds himself responsible for a lot of things outside of his control. And as such, he holds a lot of guilt. Why, you ask? Because, because I never got the chance to save my wife and son. Because I didn't stop Saul when I had the chance. Because I finally have the chance to do it right. You are an extraordinary woman. You make me think that maybe I might have some purpose beyond revenge. I don't know whether it means anything to you, but it does to me. <sighs> well, I'm glad it means something to you brother i don't know he calls her sister a lot and that was something i found really weird i don't know if it was supposed to be like this quirky thing he did or if they were kind of trying to play up you know how like um leia and han solo kind of had that testy aggressive flirty tension about them i feel like they were trying to facilitate that with this but because your character doesn't speak it's just karth berating you for most of the game <laughs> Um, I don't think it worked, personally. But um, anyway, back to Karth and his feelies. So he's got some guilt over his son, too. <laughs> did you um, forget he had a son? Because I did. But during the game, you can find his son, Dustil, on the Sith planet of Korriban. His son blames Karth for failing to protect him and his mom and their planet, too, I guess. Let's just stack all the shit on him. And he is now a happy little Sith baby. You can convince him the Sith suck, though, if you want, by revealing that they lied about something something dark side. Dustal will abandon the dark side and will want a relationship with his dad again. Yay! That's what being Paragon Revan's all about. Saving the galaxy one family unit at a time. Aww. So the group eventually finds out where the conduit... No, I mean... The group eventually finds out where the Starforge is, and the Ebon Hawk points itself in its directions. Hey guys, it's time to destroy the Death Star! Or, plot-wise, its KOTOR equivalent. Karth has yet another one of his prophetic gut feelings that he shares with Revan, and he also offers up a chance at a future with him. Whatever's happened up until this point, there's going to come a time very soon where you're going to have to make a choice, and there won't be any turning back. I want you to make the right choice. I want to give you a reason to. You gave me a future. I want to give you a future, too, with me. I think I could love you if you give me the chance. Wow. This is something that I never thought I would see. 
a trauma bonded coupling that isn't instantly in love after a few weeks together, I'm in shock. I think it's real maturity and self-awareness on Karth's behalf that he doesn't know where he is at with Revan, but knows that he wants to open up to her. I mean, Caden really knows how to hit those emotionally intelligent moments. Karth, I mean, Karth really knows how to hit those emotionally intelligent moments. <laughs> I was literally just saying in the chat, like, I think Raphael Sparge just talks like he <laughs> for his acting. Like he acts really well, but he doesn't seem to change his voice, which is fine with me because he has a great voice. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but then you have situations like this on our podcast where you are not looking at the character, you're just hearing them. And it's very easy to think you're listening to Caden, which can you imagine Caden saying, I'll put you over my knee and teach you a lesson. <laughs> and everyone who loves Caden is like, I already did, bitch. I already thought that. Yeah, but now I'm gonna like play this line. I'm gonna save this one in my files. And I'm just gonna headcanon it that it was Caden saying it. Someone has made a TikTok and used this clip, I'm sure. Have you seen the Henry Cavill, like, Witcher? It's like a button that you push, and it's just him grunting and saying, fuck. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> but, like, sexy. But it's it obviously taken from the Witcher, and it's like when he's fighting or he's hurt or something. But, like, out of context, it don't sound like that. I know. It's hilarious. <laughs> but back to, K I mean, Karth. I almost called him Caden for real. <laughs> back to Karth. Um... <sighs> okay, first of all, getting clips for this week's episode was kind of hard because I totally forgot that old Bioware games have a silent player character. And so I was like, I can't have a back and forth. Like, we haven't had to deal with this since Dragon Age Origins, basically, when we were doing that episode. But um, when, when Karth said, I think I could love you, at first, I didn't really like it because at first I was like what do you mean I think I could love you like I just heard it in a bad way because he's kind of a douche most of the time or at least he seems like a douche because I don't really like him on the surface like he seems gruff he's kind of mean straight up sometimes and it seems really hard to actually get to know him that's his whole point he's also pretty one-dimensional for much of the game he is the properly paranoid badass normal trying to atone for past sins and get revenge character. And that formula works when handed well, handled well. I think Karth has potential, but as a romance, this doesn't really go anywhere. He says, I think I could love you, because even though he can't remember her face, his wife only died four years ago. Like, that's nothing. He's still dealing with that, and maybe he really doesn't know if what he's feeling right now is love, and I like that read of that line. I do too. Uh, he just doesn't know where he's at right now. Now, the part that I didn't like so much is, I want you to make the right choice. And I want to give you that reason. Mm, no, sorry. My decisions are mine. And if you're trying to guilt me or force me onto the path that you believe is right for me? Mm -mm. Nope, sorry, honey, that's not going to endear me to you. My decisions are me and I, mine. Yeah, like, I completely agree with that. The right choice. <laughs> like, mm. 
okay, everything I've seen so far is saying that you are not the right choice because... So, Karth can actually have a happy ending with Revan as long as Revan chooses the light side. After Bastila turns to the dark side <gasps> as the big companion's betrayal, Revan can choose to regain her former glory as the dark Jedi or choose the light side. Your companions will not all align with whatever side you choose. Um, and if you choose the dark side and romance Karth, he will say this before running away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to save you. I swear. I won't give up on you, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won't give up all right. When the remaining group finally makes it to the Starforge, if you chose the dark side, you're there with Bastila, just like, ruminating in your evilness. And then he'll straight up die. Like, he'll be like, no, choose me. And Bastila or you can kill him. But either way, he dies. Sick. But if you choose the light side, you can redeem Bastila and destroy the Starforge together. Yay. Happy endings. We love to see them. Oh, and I found out there was a um, cut ending that you could, that they wanted to have if you romanced him and then chose dark side, but then decided to go to the light when he makes his appeal on the Starforge. And you guys would reconcile as the Starforge blew up around you. I think you can replace it with mods now because like they did build it, but they didn't completely finish it. Um, and that's just like that Starcross lovers. I love to see. I like that ending. <laughs> I believe these would be Starforged lovers. <laughs> yes, indeed. They got their lightsabers crossed. <laughs> Cute. Wait, no, I thought he uses blasters, not stars. He doesn't have a light. Yeah, I know he doesn't. He should, though. I, there's a lot of people who think he's force sensitive, apparently, because of his like premonition gut feelings. And he apparently has force points occasionally in the game, even though all the other non force sensitive people, the normies, don't have force points. I don't know what the force points are because like I said I didn't play it, but that's what I saw online. So maybe he's special. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Uh, it might bring an extra layer of depth to him. But really, Tarth gets a bad rep. He is called whiny and annoying and, quote, I choose the dark side just so I can see him die. But really, I think he is a trauma survivor who hasn't found his spot in the universe again. But... I didn't play this game when I was 17, when it had first come out. I'm guessing that my thoughts might have been quite different back then if I had. But Karth is just kind of there. And you romance him because he's there. And an option. I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot of thoughts on him. I think that it is interesting that it is a more mature character, and I love seeing that as a romance option in games. I, th I do appreciate the fact that he was previously married, so he's got that in his background. He has a child, which can go several different ways throughout your gameplay choices. So a lot of the things that we have asked for out of all these episodes, like I want long-term relationships. I want people who aren't just like in their mid-20s and are out there experiencing love for the first time. A lot of that we get in this game, it's just that it was so long ago 
and very stunted because these were the pavement stones. These were the starting blocks for all the romance games that we have after this. There is no way that Baldur's Gate 3 could have the amazing run that it is having if it did not have the foundations started by KOTOR. Yeah, exactly. KOTOR, like, walked so everyone else after could run. That's that's what I think is, it's hard because it's like, you know, this game came out 20 years ago and had romance, which is already crazy for games at that time. Like, that was just such a new thing. And in like a RPG like this, you know, that wasn't, very common and it was basically just Bioware doing it you know and considering that I think these romances are about as fleshed out as they could be even though I they're hardly at all like you don't have a sex scene like we do get later in Dragon Age Origins we just have an admission of attraction or love depending um, so that's like the extent of the romance is just admitting you guys have feelings. I don't think they even kiss. I mean, I never saw Karth and Revan kiss. I don't think any of the others do, but I'm not totally sure because uh, I haven't watched Juhani's yet or Pastelas, <laughs> but um, but I'll get there. And it's like, I know that it's cool because in the second game, if you were light side Revan and romanced him, they do reference, like other people do reference your romance. And, and even though he's not really in the game as a companion, like he's become an admiral and he's being an admiral somewhere, you guys can, are, it's like obvious that they're still together. So I think that's cool that they had a continuation and some outside acknowledgement of the relationship that's also ahead of its time for this game and the sequel. But. Yeah, obviously, this is not my favorite just because it's missing a lot of things. But I think it has a lot of potential. And if they ever finish the remake of this game, I would 1000% hope and expect that they would add to these storylines. And I would I will definitely play it if and when it comes out, if I'm still alive. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Once... I'm going to say once the KOTOR remake comes out, because damn it, give it to us. Um, I'll totally play it. Uh, because I do. I am I am a SWOTOR girl. Like, I love Star Wars of the Old Republic and the MMO version of the game where it's like a continuation of it. Because there's KOTOR, KOTOR 2, and then it switches to SWOTOR. And so and there's like Revenites in SWOTOR. Like the the story is there, the canon of it is there, and so I would love to go back and play Kotor. But since I don't have the nostalgia for when this game first came out, it is so fucking rough to try and play it now without having like yeah. the good nostalgia memories about it. It's not even about like graphics or storyline or development of relationships characters romances it's also just about gameplay yeah. like the actual mechanics of the game and fighting like i saw so many people being like i love this game but i can't play it anymore because it's impossible to fight anyone like i don't this, this there's a lot of different they 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 really tried to make like a D style tabletop fight system for kotor apparently and it didn't translate very well, I guess, to a video game, which is fine. They eventually got there. 
well, got a little bit better with combat in their games. I was thinking about this question. I can't answer it because I didn't play KOTOR and neither can you. But if anyone listening feels inclined to come to our Discord and talk about it or post a little comment on the episode in Spotify, I wonder, for me, like, I physically can't play Dragon Age Origins again right now because I don't have a system that can play it. And I I think the same for KOTOR, so I don't think I could even play it if I wanted to right now. But if I were to replay Dragon Age Origins, I think I would romance Alistair again. And I think it would, even though it's sweet and simple, um, I still would love it. But I, watching Karth, I don't know if anyone would still choose him 20 years later. And honestly, like, once I found out that Bastila was like a secret Sith Jedi, and like, I know you can redeem her, but I was like, wow, people, do people really like her? Because she kind of seemed flat, too, to me. I haven't seen her romance yet, so we'll see. But, and I know so many people love Bastila, so I'm like, I wonder if that they would also romance her again if they were to play it again today. So I just wonder. So I think so, and it's actually kind of funny that you bring this up because um, I'm going to plug it again. Holocron Histories just put out an episode on Bastila. Like that, like this is where they're discussing right now is KOTOR stuff. And so the opening subject that Ben and Teacup are talking about right now that I was listening to is about the Bastila romance. So I think it'll be it'll be very interesting for sure to get their point of view on it, because obviously those two have very much played the game um, and know a lot more of the lore and the background behind it. Uh, so maybe we can get them on for like i mean i wouldn't mind having the boys over to do an, an end game wrap up that sounds good to me i mean because I, I was about to say like people for most of these games at least one of us have played them but both of us haven't played this one so it might be nice to have some experts come on yeah we'll talk to ben and t and see if we can get them to come on to the show um after we do all three characters, like we normally do for our Dragon Age wrap-up episode, we'll have a Holocron wrap-up episode. But before we tangent too much further and go on far too long about favorite romance characters, if you like what you are hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or on Spotify, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host Toasty where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. And of course, in our Two Girls, One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. And come give us a follow on all the social medias and on patreon.com slash ship. Links to those are in the description. I am on the Robots Radio Discord as well. And at our own Two Girls, One Ship Discord server, where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30pm Eastern Time, 7.30pm Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening, and remember that beauty is in the eye of the controller. Ah yes, demo build, Karth. <laughs>
Hello, vault dwellers. Join me, Jax's sassy lady rumor, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.